in the words of Nicki Minaj, is this the thanks that I get for putting you bitches on? Is it my fault that all of you bitches gone? <laughs> because, because you know, she's she's made a billion dollars with her movie. She's become like the top girl. She's opening doors, y'all. She's trying to get everybody up there. I mean, it should have been she, but. <laughs> well, that's Hey guys, welcome back to another one. back. How are hey, you doing hey, today, hey. friend? I'm good. How are you, Keenan? I'm doing very well. It's been, yeah. You know, we are in what day seven thousand of election hell. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ready for them to just give it to Biden so we can finally start to breathe. Like I just want to go to sleep. Okay. That's it. <laughs> Seriously. It's just like that's all I want to do. Um, but luckily, to take your mind off of that, we had quite a bit of comics this week. So I guess let's go ahead and get into that. Let's do it. Um, so the first book on my list, Black Widow number three by Ooh. Kelly Thompson. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm in. This is good. I, I, I think back to when this book first started, and I think we even said it around issue two, is that it reminds us of the movie The Long Kiss Goodnight. Yes, yeah. With and that uh, is, Gina Davis, right? Yes. And Samuel Jackson. Love them. What a right. duo. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and this is exactly what that story gives. Now, with that being said, oh. I think I'm kind of over Natasha a little bit. Oh. Yeah. And okay. I, 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 and in, I, this, in this in this book or just the character? Just the character. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, I love Natasha. I'm a huge Black Widow fan. I've read a ton of her books, miniseries. Um, and one of the things that always kind of gets me with Nat is that a lot of her, so excuse me, a lot of her stories are the exact same thing. It's yes. very much someone's blackmailed her. Everyone's out to get her. They think she's a villain, blah, 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 blah. She's on the run. And this story was appealing to me because Kelly Thompson was kind of saying, I've seen all of those things as well. And I want this one to be different. And hence we get the long kiss of goodnight, but it still just kind of feels a little bit the same, especially as you start to get into the villains who are kind mm. of putting her into this current situation that she is in where she has no memory this kid is apparently actually hers and all of these things that are going on. And it's still just, it's always centralized around someone just wanting revenge on her for some particular reason. I, I can see what you mean. I feel like the spy kind of character, you mm -hmm. end up always kind of being in that kind of like revenge spy kind of thing. And I feel like though with this, I think that's been kind of, Elevated mostly because it's it has been that long kiss goodnight kind of thing, and yeah. it hasn't been the whole you know she's back in the red room, or someone from you know it's and someone's <laughs> yeah. trying to like get her or something like that. So I've been enjoying that. It's not it's it's a similar it's a familiar story I should say, but it's not mm -hmm. the same story. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. It's probably just the familiarity of it. It's just I I think I'm just ready for someone to really push Nat into a whole 
different direction. I think back to like Secret Empire, where they kind of teamed her with the champions and she was like training all of the kids. I really enjoyed that whole little thing that she was doing. I thought it was something very different. It kind of called back to the Red Room, her being a child soldier. Also with the growth that she's had, knowing that these kids are going to fight whatever. So if they're going to do it, they need the proper guidance and she's going to be the one to do it. Being tough, but then also still kind of being caring. I thought that was great. I would have loved to see that continue. Um, but it also, like you said, the spy stories, you can, you're always no. going to go to get that ebb and flow of it. <laughs> yeah. But it's a good um, book. And- I really, I'm, I'm enjoying it though. I should say that. Like, I, I really am enjoying it. I think it's very well written. I think Kelly has a decent voice of Nat when she kind of gets into those moments of like remembering a little bit who she is. Yeah. And um, honestly, this was the book of the week because... Oh, I know it. I figured. I figured you were gonna love that. (laughs) (laughs) Who showed up? With the the, the fantastic Yelena Belova. Yes. Black right in right in the very uh, like intro of the book. You know, she is. She appears and she hops in on Hawkeye and Winter Soldier, who are been doing this whole stakeout thing, and they clearly don't get along because Hawkeye is an idiot and Winter Soldier's like, (laughs) I just want to focus. Yes. And Yelena's like, I, you both are nowhere are stupid. near <laughs> my level. So let me take care of this. Yeah. And I love how she just like walked up and was just like, I've been here. I've already been doing this. I've been watching Yo, Natasha. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I was genuinely gagged when Hawkeye was like, wait a minute, you were the babysitter. And I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, wait. <laughs> I, went, I had to go back to issue two to look at it, to see that it was like Yelena like watching her i didn't even think that anything of it i thought that was a really cool yeah i was like so yeah i really i really enjoyed that and that's why i said like it's a really great book from that standpoint and yelena that's my black widow right there she is dope i do like her um the art in this book by uh elena casagrande oh my gosh i love it really Uh, i figured i figured that scene when you know Black Widow was coming back into her own apartment and she was, mm-hmm. you know, starting to see people were in her home and she was worried about her family and she started beating yeah. ass. That, <laughs> that, that, was, <laughs> that was an awesome that scene was good. where she took the hanger and like slucking it through that, that guy's like face. That was insane. <laughs> and the way that it she, was all like laid out, she yeah. fought like a ballerina. I thought that was really dope. Yeah, the action scenes were really well done in this book. And you know, I'm an action guy. So it's like, yeah. It was made for me. Yeah. Like the manual layouts. It's just, it's really well done. Great book. Highly recommend it. For sure. This was definitely I mean, a great one. And I'll, I'll definitely be excited to see kind of how it ends and then where Kelly takes Natasha from that. Because that, honestly, the stuff that I was talking about, kind of wanting something different for Nat, like that could be what brings this about. So that's kind of okay. So I think, and I'm sure we'll get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that is what. Kelly Thompson has been really good at doing, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. when she has been given these really iconic uh, female Marvel characters like Black Widow and with uh, with Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. The first I feel like the first arc is very like, let me show you what I can do with this character and kind of who I see them as. And Mm -hmm. it gives you a familiar story um, and it gives you like a a. A, a kind of a quick crash course on how they kind of view the character. Mm-hmm. And then the follow-up arc is usually the one where things start to take off and mm-hmm. something that was planted in like the first arc starts to really 
you'll see more of it. Yeah. So I'm hoping that with this one, there's probably some stuff in here that I didn't even pay attention to that will obviously circle back around like in the next uh, arc or so. And that will be kind of mm -hmm. where she takes and pushes Black Widow. Cause I'm sure she, like you said, she says she's bored with the same old shit too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she wants to <laughs> give it a new story. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Ooh. All right. So next on my list, um, I did not read this book, unfortunately, okay. but I know you did. It is Captain Marvel. Ooh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Marvel uh, 23, uh, yes. also written by uh, Kelly Thompson with art by Lee Garvey. And this was another great issue. She's really killing it with, with, with Captain Marvel. It's a little bit of a... Uh, I would say more of a, a information issue than a mm -hmm. big action beat thing. Uh, you find out more about um, this this future that everyone mm -hmm. has been in. You know, um, <clears throat> kind of like I said before, this future is the same one that Captain Marvel The End takes place in where mm -hmm. uh, Captain Marvel, I think in 2051, she comes back to earth. It's been ravaged by something and the sun isn't working. She uh, basically, uh, blows herself up <laughs> and restarts oh. the sun. Yeah, she because she uh, gives her powers and gives herself to the sun and restarts it, and then Earth can do a little better than what it was before. Uh, so, and then our quote unquote Captain Marvel from the current time ends up being sent to twenty fifty two, and of course, people were like, "What is going on? Like, who are you?" And, right. So, this book, you find out a lot more about what really happened on this earth. It was a little okay. vague. I will say that it probably was vague on purpose because it probably really doesn't matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there was something that happened where there was some crazy war that went down on earth. And of course the heroes like they always do come together but not everybody survived. And between that war and then another war that happened with the same like alien people that came to earth Mm -hmm. These children, like a lot of people started to have children. Uh, you start to meet um, these younger uh, kind of kids of the superheroes that we know. So Danny Cage, you know, she's around. Oh, she keeps um, popping up. They just, to, <laughs> they just need to go ahead and age her up in the main universe because they want Seriously. to use her so bad. Definitely. Yeah, she uh, has strength and vulnerability and can fly. So she's around. Uh, Jerry Drew. He goes by the Aww. spider. You know, yeah, he's grown up now with a beard. <laughs> um, they even have Irene LeBeau, who is, uh, oh. she goes she goes by Rogue. And she is the daughter of uh, Rogue and Gambit. Uh, you get Sora the wolf, and she is the daughter of Conan and Forge. Mm. Do all of these characters, all these kids like have both of their parents' powers? Uh, yes. <laughs> I kind of hate <laughs> I think, I don't know why, but like, I just don't ever buy it. So like, I'll say, I don't, I think it's been done well with like a character, alternate reality character, like Ruby Summers, who had okay. the red diamond hard skin, the Ruby court skin. Like, I thought that was a creative way to give character, her both Cyclops and Emma's powers. But when the kids just have both the parents' powers, I think that's so <laughs> yeah. It's it like, is. why? They can have their own individual thing. It's just like, they do not have to be <laughs> a combo. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it it would be better if they could, you know, diversify them a little bit. But it's it's probably just easier just to give them what their parents got. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Um, so yeah, you meet all of these the kids of of these heroes that we know, mm-hmm. and you know you're starting to get a little worried for Emma. Emma Frost okay. is around too because she can't leave her diamond form. She was talking about oh. like, oh. Okay, uh, okay, I'm, 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 I'm cutting you off. I think uh, Biden just became our next president because everybody is going off. I hear people screaming and yelling. Oh, okay, yes. It's like going off. Yeah. Yes, it's a democracy. <laughs> democracy. <laughs> well, all right. In the middle of talking about Emma Frost, we <laughs> Emma Frost. bring on the democracy. All right, yes. Wow, all right. This is, what a good weekend this Let's is. Let's celebrate that, yes. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Um, okay, well, yeah. Emma shout finds out, out you know, she... <laughs> Yeah, shout out to voting. <laughs> um, Emma finds out that she can't leave her diamond form. Sorry, not Emma. Carol finds out that mm-hmm. Emma won't leave her diamond form. And she asks her, like, you know, what's going on? Why can't you leave your diamond form? Emma is like, oh, well, it's the radiation that's around. Like, it protects me. And right. Carol's like, well, that don't make sense. Because there are <laughs> other people here who don't have that. And they're fine. <laughs> and... Emma's like, don't ask me about it anymore. Like, just drop it. I don't want to talk right. about it. So something is going on with Emma, which I, it'll be interesting to see what kind of develops there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also meet Bridget, who is the daughter of Thor. They haven't oh, said okay. who her mother is oh. or like how she came to be or anything like that. But uh, she's in the book. She has a really cool design. And Have they given any like hints to who her mom might be? No, they haven't. They they have mentioned that she has been able to pick up Mjolnir, though. So, mm, but she says okay. like it won't listen to her. Like she can't recall it. So I don't know what's going on there. Oh, okay. Um, and the villain of this is definitely the son of Namor, but they won't say who his mother is. And mm. his name is Ove. Um, oh, he has okay. a really cool design, and he has given them a parlay to come to meet with him. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where the book kind of ends. So in the next issue, we'll really find out what's going on with Ove and and all that kind of mess. Do you hope Ove's mom is Invisible Woman? <laughs> I, didn't even think about, I didn't even think about that one, but no, I don't, no. <laughs> no, I actually think if I had to guess, um, I think his... Either his mom is magic, or oh. he or he is controlling magic. Okay. Because previously, in the last issue, they were fighting some monsters, and uh, Carol was like, mm-hmm. "These are monsters from Limbo." Who, because you know she's oh, she's been to Limbo before. She was mm-hmm. back there with the New Mutants and stuff. And Carol, I'm sorry, uh, Emma also confirmed it. She was like, "Yeah, these are monsters from Limbo," and Carol was like, so does that mean, and uh, Emma's like, we're not sure. So we don't know what's going on. So not sure what's going on there. Either A, that is the mom, or she has, Emma Magic has lost her magic. (laughs) And and he has the soul sword and is able to summon demons from Limbo or something like that. So 
Hopefully that mystery is pair. coming up soon. Say it again. I said that's an interesting little pair. If it yeah. was to happen. Yeah. I feel like I don't know how I feel about it because I still feel like magic is young. I'm about to say it's a little creepy. It's a very but... <laughs> creepy. <laughs> it's, it's it's very, uh, very creepy. It's so very creepy. Uh but those two personalities together. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I definitely I've been enjoying this and Kelly's been killing it on Captain Marvel, so I definitely recommend it. Okay. I miss I do miss Carmen Canero on art, but I think that's just because I really like her. <laughs> Carmen's dope. Yeah, she's awesome. Okay. All right, moving on to the next issue is Guardians of the Galaxy number eight by Ooh. Al Ewing and Marcio Takara. Now, first of all, again, Marcio Takara is my favorite comic book artist ever. Mm-hmm. So it's like, boom. I can see why. Like, boom. I can definitely see why. Great art, love him, fantastic, expressive, tells the story well clear the coloring from uh Frederico Blee was really good yep then Al Ewing comes in with just like fantastic writing it's this is basically <laughs> just a big like it's, it's I, don't, I don't know what else to say I don't know what else I to mean say. this like, this series has been pretty damn good <laughs> I can't like, even deny it yeah seriously <laughs> um I mean this opens with you know Rocket kind of breaking down what's been going on and how Marvel Boy has been accused of killing um one of the one of the people who came for this meeting of all the different factions the of the galaxy. Yeah, the Peace Summit. Yeah. And um, I love the fact that sometimes in comics, there can there's always a question of, well, why didn't they just do this <laughs> when someone's around and they have powers to do something? Yeah. And um, I appreciated that there are two or three telepaths in the room, very yeah. powerful telepaths <laughs> in the room. And of course there was the question of, well, why don't we just read minds on figure out who, yeah. question, who did it? And like somebody was like, no, that's unethical. But then the other telepath was like, no, we're going to do this. We're right. going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I love that. I, that's why I love uh, space, you know, and, mm-hmm. their, and the politics that go on in space and people being able to use their abilities and everything. Um, so it's so I, different. I, I, yeah, than what people are doing on Earth. Uh, so I've been loving this. <laughs> yeah, this was really, really good. Um, I really love seeing Rocket as the kind of detective aspect. I, I don't, I haven't read too many Rocket stories. Uh, so a lot of the times when I see him, he is just kind of that loudmouth raccoon from yeah. the movies that we see. But you know, here, yeah. like you remember that he's like a smart guy and he knows what he's doing. And that was exactly. Cool. Uh, it was really cool to to see him more in that kind of like detective role and see him do more than just be the wise talking (laughs) (laughs) quippy raccoon. I think that was really cool. Uh, I also love the distinction between um, the Shia representative, Oracle 2, who like really made sure to let you guys know she's Oracle 2 and not the Oracle that we know probably. (laughs) Right. Um, And Moondragon. Wow. Yeah. I'm really loving um this like mixed moon dragon character. Yeah, I wonder what they're gonna really do with that. I I really want to see more of how it's going to affect her relationship with Phila and how Phila yeah. feels about it all, you know? Yeah. Cause there was there was even something that Moon Dragon had said in their like she called it psychic warfare. Yeah. And Phila was just like you've never referenced it like that. Like, who am I talking to right now? Who are you? So that's about to be bad. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I also didn't know that Star-Lord had a sister. I didn't read his solo series. And I guess the uh, Spartax uh, representative, she is the daughter of Jason, who is Star-Lord's dad, Star-Lord's too. Star-Lord's dad. Yeah. I, can't I didn't know much about Star-Lord. <laughs> married to Kitty Pride. Yeah. Or he was maybe. about to get married to Kitty Pride. Which I actually kind of like that relationship. I'm not going to lie. Really? Why? I thought it was different. It was different. You know I'm all about making something different and strange. (laughs) It was just like, wow. It was just like, I never would have thought to put these two characters together. But it's like, here they are. She going off space. She was Star-Lord for a bit. It was like, this is different. This is fun. You know, take characters out there element every now and again. She's got a thing for Peter, I guess. I also really enjoyed in this book, uh, Marvel Boy and Hercules, them kind of caring for each other in the midst of the fighting that would go on while everyone was kind of trying to figure out who the murderer was. I love I think I might be here for their relationship. I like it. <laughs> like, it's definitely it's up there. It's up yeah. there. And I think this is the first um like actual guy that Marvel Boy has dated on panel i know he's like mentioned before that like obviously in that young avengers run where everybody was revealing that they were like gay or bisexual that everybody was in that book (laughs) everybody literally (laughs) um you know he mentioned something about like you know yeah i've had relations with guys but we've never actually seen it so i appreciate that we're actually like seeing it and it's well done you know how I feel about seeing the actual relationship. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been appreciating that we're actually seeing it develop into something. And, you know, I, re- I remember that I think it was Rocket who asked Marvel Boy, like, oh, you know, what's going on with you and Hercules? And, yeah. he, you know, I think I like him and we're just kind of taking it slow. We're figuring it out. And I appreciated yeah. that it was called out that they're going to actually work on their relationship and yeah. be together and not just, you know, be a fan cast thing for okay. people to go up for. We're going to get to the rut. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, so, yeah, this book was great. They had the a a bomb that a bomber that's going to go off in this in this meeting, which was mm-hmm. done by the Jatari, which, in my opinion, I feel like was done to keep them as bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> if that yeah, makes yeah, sense, yeah. like to keep the Jatari as like uh, as bad guys, which is fine with me. Um, and. Someone shows up in this who I never thought I'd ever see again because I thought she was just a character that was just made <laughs> because <laughs> she was just going to be made. And it's the profiteer. And mm-hmm. she was actually created she was... in the Fantastic Four. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So she was on the earlier in this slot run of the Fantastic Four while they were out in space on their way back to Earth. They stopped at this uh, planet. It's, I think it was during Empire. And they um, are at a casino. Long story short, they run into the profiteer. And she is actually an elder of the universe. Like she's yeah. up there with like those big cosmic beings, except her thing is all about profit. So she is, mm. you know, I just want to make money. So I, again, I thought that she was just kind of created in Fantastic Four because I don't know. She yeah, was just gonna I be thought there. this was definitely her first appearance. No, and she's was, been around. And I was going to be like, oh, yeah, I really like her. She's cool. Yeah, she's cool over here. That's interesting to know. I, I enjoyed her. I, I, I like to see more. And then the book ends off with a big mm. surprise. Yes, Someone it is does. Coming. Um, <laughs> we, Someone's um, coming, we and I'm not sure if I'm going to be... I want to read this 
but I'm not sure if I want to read that. <laughs> it's everywhere, though. It's like he's really popping up everywhere. And it's I yeah. don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we can. Can we avoid it? I don't no. think we can avoid it. <laughs> he's be in everything. Like, he's literally in everything. Um, I don't know. I, I guess. We'll see. Yeah. I'm, I'm along for the ride, so we'll see. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Next book on the list, we have X-Men 14. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Getting yes. back into Ten of Swords here. This is part, what part was this? I don't even remember what part it was. Um, this was part um, 12, I think. Yeah, 12. 12 of 22. Yeah. All right. So um, we are finally getting a little over the halfway part. part. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're almost to some actual battles, <laughs> some actual swords <laughs> yeah. clashing. Um, yeah. Here in this one, we have Apocalypse meeting with Genesis, and we finally learn the true story of Araco and Emeth, Annihilation, how all of that came together, how all of it worked. We yeah. get some pages that we've already seen, which I know upset some folks, but I thought it was fine. It helped enhance the story. We, we have to know that the Twilight Sword no. Tore <laughs> the land asunder into two, asunder. and what was one, what was one became two. I know. <laughs> Parent from child, husband yes. from wife. Like I know, I know it by heart. By now. <laughs> Although I will say that the pages that we saw again in this, for me, enhanced the story. Yeah, because I was about to say they were done like for enhancement. Was, yeah, it felt like it was because it, now we're learning everything from Genesis' side. The real side. Right, whereas before we learned everything from Apocalypse's side. So I did also I was, like her, uh, the twist with Annihilation. Yes. And how, you know, we were under the assumption that she was controlling it, but she's actually like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's very much controlling me. I am doing exactly what it wants. I am again, I'm not the strongest. Um, yeah, that was really interesting and to definitely told me I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured she was going to be no bad bitch. I could control the helmet and everybody got to die, but I guess, I guess not. <laughs> like, nah, this helmet is strong, baby. Um, yeah. But no, it was a really great issue. You know, I, I'm a huge Apocalypse fan and I am a very avid believer that he honestly does not have many good stories. Um, no. And <laughs> this era is the best apocalypse we've ever had and because it, it's just, finally giving him a story yeah, <laughs> he has a history great. now he has it's just there's great. like motivation behind everything that he's done before this is just great and it's like really sad because i'm pretty sure he's gonna die at the end of this and it's just like i get that feeling too <sighs> if he doesn't great but i'm kind of getting that feeling um you think she'll so, be the one to do it with the twilight sword <laughs> will it tear him asunder yeah. uh, <laughs> um no I, I don't know we'll see i i feel like that's obviously the easiest and simplest conclusion but i don't really feel like anything about hickman's x-men is easy or simple very true so we'll see we shall see i'm still under the impression that either she is going to kill him and she is going to take his spot on the council on Krakoa mm-hmm. and, re- and replace him. Or she is going to die and join Krakoa 
and like him, Apocalypse and Genesis will just like retire together. Cause I know Genesis means rebirth. Oh, so like, cute. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it would be a whole nother, like she'll die and then she'll like be reborn and they'll like maybe be born like through Krakoan means or something. And then like, she's like a whole new person or something. I don't know. That's just kind of the vibe I get. Okay. We'll see. I, I, we'll see. I honestly haven't been trying to draw too many conclusions about Genesis whatsoever. Um, so I just feel like just staring into the black. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, but I'm excited to find out. And the final book on our list is part 13 of Ten of Swords, Marauders number 14. Um, once again, we still have not got to the battles just yet. Not yet. <laughs> But and this is like, this one's by Jerry Duggan and uh yes. Ben Percy. Oh, I didn't realize they were, were both on it. Casella. Yeah, they both did this together. Oh, okay. Good for them. It was um it was it was it was an interesting issue. I, I had really... fun. <laughs> I did. Probably because I'm a magic fan. Oh, and just to clarify, last episode I said I didn't like magic. I didn't mean Magic the character. I love Ileana Rasky. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. Um, I meant Magic the concept and the power. I don't really like that. But um, even like Magic Ileana, her sorcery abilities are even like, they're like ill-defined in the way that she kind of just brings them up whenever yeah. she needs them. But they're they're limited in what she can do. She can't do everything, you know? Yeah. I, that was one of the distinctions that I really liked about the issue um not this issue but one of the previous issues where it gave the data page for her sword yeah and it kind of like told you what her magic abilities actually were and exactly. i was like oh, okay that was fun because again like you said that's something that's always been a little ill-defined with her yeah um, so in this one it's it's you know it's the dinner before the fight everyone gets to mingle up and mm -hmm. and meet each other uh Storm ain't scared of no damn body. <laughs> okay. Um, especially not death or war who tried to guess intimidate her and she's sipping her drink like child. <laughs> Baby, she saw uh death and she was ready. Okay. <laughs> she, she was ready. Um, yeah. which I really like. You they seem to be planning. I know they've been saying that something big is supposed to be coming for Storm next year. And I do feel like we've been getting little bits and pieces of that. We've been seeing a lot of conversations with her surrounding life and death and rebirth. And then she, I think we've talked about this before. We kind of see her as like the Rakakoan Reverend Mother. Like she yeah. welcomes people back from the resurrections. Like she shows them to the people. She's got the whole goddess thing going on. Um, She's so, inspirational. Very. And so I think that's a really interesting thing that they've been doing with her. And so kind of having her face death and death is like, oh, you don't know me. And she's like, no, I do know you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I'm just not scared of you. Um, so I'm excited to see how that continues on for her story into the next year. One thing I did not, oh no, before I even get to that, Iska. Wow. She is the moment. She is the Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Like she is. You could have just asked me what hand I preferred. What? Okay, what? listen. Magic, what? I love that. And Magic has been really showing off her captain role in this. And I feel like her captain, the kind of captain that she plays on Grokoa is like the, the general. 
I guess, kind of. And she's mm-hmm. like sizing people up. She's going through this entire party like, mm, let me see what's going on here. She is not here for Pog. <laughs> she at all. She was like, that thing's got to die. And um, her and Gorgon go over to Iska and they're like, you know, hey, we've already kind of figured out war likes this hand and death is mm-hmm. really prone to this hand. What's up with Iska? And Iska already knew. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I've been here before. Um, I, I actually like that you mentioned that about magic's captaining ness. Mm-hmm. this issue um because that's something i felt as though hasn't been very well done with her in all the other mm-hmm. books where she's claimed to be captain i kind of feel like she's actually been a little bit of a bad leader and a bad captain and so kind of having her and gorgon actually hey like we got to figure out some battle plans and like let's do this and like talking it out i was like oh okay this is something we haven't really seen with her we've just kind of seen her jumping in like i'm the captain everybody listen to me and then she tries to do everything herself no, I disagree with that because when she was on, I feel like her her captainness has been kind of like, unfortunately, the thing that she always kind of falls into, which is the badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I feel like she's been like the muscle with her captain role, as whereas other captains. Yeah, that's why I don't think she's I, a good captain. Why? Um, I, I I just don't feel like as a captain, as the person who's supposed to be the leader, you can't also be the muscle. You have I to feel, like. I feel like. I show. feel like maybe I'm looking at Captain differently. I feel like Captain, in my opinion, would be the the leader on the battlefield. And when we saw her in the Empire tie-in, she was the one that was like, kind of calling the shots over there and telling getting the psychics over because that's what they needed. And unfortunately, of course, she ended up getting possessed by that wand or whatever. But of course, mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. in my opinion, only was done because it was cool. You know, because yeah. she because she looked cool, but I feel like her because she's the youngest captain. I feel like she's the one that is the I'm gonna be the muscle, and let's just I need to just fight. If that makes sense, that's the role that she plays. No, it does. It it, it totally makes sense. I just don't. Again, I just don't feel as though it's a good captain role. I even think of like um, what that New Mutants issue when they were in space and then they found out they were about to fight and she's like okay this is a war time i'm in charge now and it's just like okay you're in charge but that means you also can't really you gotta you gotta lead the people it's like Mm -hmm. i feel like when you you gotta know how to like put your players everywhere when they need to be and i don't feel like again i might have to just reread that empire miniseries again i don't feel like i enjoyed her as a captain in that i feel like that's where a lot of my issues actually came to the forefront Mm -hmm. um I feel yeah, like she didn't really get to show off too much in that because, again, she ended up getting that wand. I was about to say, and then she got like, possessed, and it's just yeah, like, oh, sis, yeah. you're in charge. You can't be the one getting possessed. Like, come exactly. on now. Like, why are we, exactly. that's the thing. Like, why are you going in there? You are right. in charge. Delegate. Because she because she's the one that is going to look cool. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, unfortunately for her, a lot of the decisions that end up being done for her is because she looks cool instead mm-hmm. of actually giving her a story. I see the story that is there, but sometimes it ends up falling a little short because they go the cool route. She's cool. She's um, cool. Yeah. So that was that. But I don't. I don't know if she's gonna be able to take Iska because <laughs> uh, her and uh, her and Gorgon walking up to Iska, and they were like, I feel like Magic was convinced that they were going to be able to figure out which hand that she had. Yeah. And 
she picked them both both of the wine glasses that they dropped. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got it. And I got them both, didn't spill a drop. And like, you could have just I, asked me if you wanted to know. And you got some fear from Gorgon, which I thought was great because he's obviously supposed to be that guy. Like him and Magic are both supposed to be those characters who like don't fear anybody and they're like not scared of anything. So to see them kind of be like, no, nah, we got to watch out for her. Like yeah. a moment. Yeah. Um, um, so the one thing I actually did not care too much for this issue was Wolverine. Yeah, me neither. Well, okay, partially because he had a little talk with Brian Braddock yeah. and was like, you know, if <laughs> you could have make some shake a little bit if Saturday, if that's all she, <laughs> if that's all she wanted. <laughs> Was if she, all she wanted was you in her bed chamber, <laughs> you could have just did that, which I completely understand. But the way that he was acting at the dinner was a little. So both know. actually kind of like, eh, I didn't really gel with. On the one hand, yes, Wolverine is extremely practical. He knows if this is the easiest way to get something done, like, and we can avoid all these people getting hurt, and like, you have to be the one to kind of like throw yourself on the cross, like do that. He's done it numerous times. But in the same vein, I feel like he's had a little bit more tact with it, you know, um, and just how he approached Brian at the party. It's just like, it was just kind of the most basic Logan, which is angry, mean, surly, yeah, uh, drunk. And, and even those moments where you have had Logan come back and like be very surly and drunk, you he kind of reflects afterwards like you're being stupid. You're being like the person who everybody thinks you are. That's not who you actually are. Yeah. Um, and then also, I feel like even with the whole Brian and Saturnine thing, Saturnine might say all she wants is Brian in her bed, but we know that's not all she wants. Hey, and I feel all. like I feel like Wolverine, of all people, would be smart enough to know that. You know, that's like, yeah, she might get Brian, but she's also just getting Brian. She wouldn't be doing all of this just to sleep with this one person. Dick ain't that bomb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so that was kind of like, uh, to me. And then, like you said, we get to the dinner and he kind of launches this attack at Saturnine, which is strange also to me because, again, Logan's just like, he's smarter than that. Like, Right. Just like in the middle of this dinner, she's this magical, like, giant person, creature thing. Um, and then to have Storm kind of sign off on the plan earlier in the issue, it was just strange. Yeah, it was interesting in the beginning when Storm did say, you know, hey, I already know what you're thinking. Which, of all the characters who would know, you know, what's yeah. going on in Wolverine's head, obviously she it would be Storm. Um and for her, he was like, you know, are you going to talk, try to talk me out of it? And she was like, no, yeah. don't miss. I feel like, I feel like from Storm's perspective, it was a, we got to do what we got to do. <laughs> and Agreed. and I, completely, I, agree I completely agree with, um, you know, and I, I don't think that's really out of character for Storm to mm -hmm. uh, be like, hey, no, I understand that you want to go kill this bitch. So do what you got to do. Um, I hope it's more of a thing like she's like, I know you're going to go kill her, but it's like she didn't think, oh, you're going to do it at the dinner. <laughs> right, exactly. I don't think she thought, thought that he was going to do it at the dinner. <laughs> but then again, we also had um, War putting something into his drink. Yes. So it's and on like, his food, too. But though, I'm not going to lie to you, I don't think that had anything to do with what he did. I think that's going to come more into play during his battle. 
I think yeah. back to um his card where it had him fighting who he's fighting a summoner on his yeah. card and like the summoner kind of has him in a headlock and the card said strength or something like that. I think it's gonna play more into that part. Oh. Um him just being crazy. And summoner and is War's him. child, right? Yes. Which is another reason why I think that, you know, hey, like she did that for Summoner to win that yeah. fight. Yeah. Um, which oh my gosh, Wolverine losing. I'm not ready for that. I don't, okay. I don't think I like that. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that it was an odd issue. There were there were parts I liked. I really loved the storm and death stuff. Um, even the storm and war stuff. I thought that was hilarious. War was like really at her face. The storm was just like, girl, if you don't sit down. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not scared um, of you. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, I really love the Iska stuff, obviously. Um, Pog, again, still do not like that lizard. Really just need to get rid of him. I think I think magic's going to take care of it. Like, please. <laughs> I really do. Rudy, I'm, I'm, we, we are rooting for you. We are all rooting for rooting. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's that. And then, um, but yeah, it was just the Wolverine stuff that was just kind of like, oh, this is a little weird to me. Yeah. Like, but it's, just, yeah. it's you know it's, we'll it's, see what yeah, happens just, maybe I'm maybe maybe this was for a reason yeah we'll see next issue again please let's get some fights i'm ready to see some swords like crack Plank. I, I well i've seen Plank. some preview pages for for the next couple issues and it looks like the matches are starting to happen it looks like we're finally going to get some pog versus magic um i'm sorry keenan um it don't so look excited. like Betsy's. <laughs> I am so excited for Besky versus like that's coming, wow. and I don't know about your girl. <laughs> we love we love warrior women over here, okay? And so it's just and so like I did see that preview page, and I loved it how like she came up to her and she was like, "Oh yeah, you ready to get beat?" And Betsy's like, "Get away from me!" <laughs> She's like, "Why are you over here?" It's just like I love like their dynamic together already. It's just like this is great. It's just like. Yeah. They but they're both ready. Um, I'm interested to see also like how they're doing because we I feel like we still got a lot of battles left. So it's like, are we going to get one full battle each issue, or is it like are we going to see multiple in them? I wonder that too. I think we might see multiple during issues because it's it seems like they're all going to take place in different realms scattered in other world. So yeah, uh, which was great. I love that aspect of how it's happening. Change the terrain. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something. I have been waiting for these fights since the first issue, okay? Like <laughs> I and like the fact that we're like changing terrain, like they're gonna be running around. It's not just like on this one little field. Like this is a tournament. This is what I am here for and what I am ready for. And it's just like, wow. I am a little anxious. I think there's a lot of great art coming on the books. I don't know how well all of those artists do action scenes, though. The, the preview pages I saw for Magic Fighting Pog looked fine. I thought that was great. That was Kasara, right? Yes, it was. I feel like, yeah, he did a really good job with that. Um, Phil Noto is doing the Excalibur issue. I think Phil's a great artist. I don't always love his interior pages, though. You know, um, that's kind of fair. I, I love his covers. His covers are stellar. Um, fantastic covers yeah and I do I do like his interior art it um 
I think he it, leaves a lot of open space in a lot of his yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so it just kind of, it feels a little bland after a while. It's just like... <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it's... We'll see. I'm ready. For a matchup between, you know, Captain Britain and Iska, maybe you just only want to see the two of them. Okay. <laughs> so... That's it. We're like, let's go. Just just throw down the weapons. Let's just box, ladies. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, so... That's going to be a fun episode. Yeah, that's going to be great. I'm excited. This is Exosword has been really fantastic. I'm having a great time. It has been. Um, and so those were all the books we had on our list. But of course, like there were still tons of other books coming out. If you guys read any of them, please let us know. I know over at DC, um, there was another issue of Deceased by Tom Taylor, which has been getting really good reviews. Um, yeah, Young Justice like issue 20 came out. I don't know if people are still reading that. If you are, know. please let me know what's going on. <laughs> and tell me why. Um, you know, that that too. Um, over on the Marvel side, there were books. Avengers came out. I be, I'm not reading this particular arc. I believe this is the one that starts their whole Phoenix story. Uh, it's just not for me. Uh, um, no time for that. Miles Morales. Yes, 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 yes. Miles <laughs> Morales had a new issue out. Of course, he's been getting a lot of talk this week. Uh, his game just got some new gameplay and some new suits announced. We yeah, they look awesome. Really good. The white one? Yeah. Chef's Kiss. That was perfect. Yeah, seriously. Um, U.S. Agent came out. That's written by Christopher Priest. A lot of people like his writing. Um, it's probably another mini to tie in with <laughs> Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, uh, that was shady. I, you know... If you read that, let let me know how that was. Actually, if you read that, please. Yeah, if you read if you read U.S. Agent, let us know what you thought. Um, and then there was also there's another Wolverine miniseries called Wolverine Black, White, and Blood. I didn't pick it up. A lot of Wolverine miniseries, I will admit, come out just to be cash grabs. So if anyone mm. read it and it doesn't feel like that, please let me know because when it's not and it's like a really good Logan story, it's a really good Logan story. Okay. And that's that. So let's take a little break. All right, cool. Let's take a break and then we'll come back. And we are back and I still have people screaming outside about Biden winning. Yes. <laughs> you know what? Fantastic. Let's celebrate, y'all. <laughs> I'm so happy. Like, I'm going out tonight. Yes. Um, you know, so to the liquor store this, and come back home. It's the same. It ain't nowhere else to go. <laughs> We're still in a <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, and speaking of debates. <laughs> yes. Ooh, yes. You know, this this yes. week, I feel like um, there wasn't too much news going on. Again, no, like, no big announcements or anything like that. No new books or anything. So I figured we could do um, a character discussion. <clears throat> um. So the character that, you know, you had suggested that you want to just dive right into since yeah, I think you said you read Star was Captain Marvel. Yeah. I'm so excited. So have... let's let's do it. Let's start. Let's start with um, what is how did you like Star? Actually, let's start there. Star. OK. Um, star. I really like the art on okay. the book. 
Let me start there. I thought the art, and I'm going to actually look up the artist right now while I'm talking because I cannot remember who did it. Um, but the art was like really well done. I enjoyed looking at this book. It was super pretty. Again, this was also written by Kelly Thompson, who is just a really great consistent writer. I think you hit the nail on the head where you said she kind of writes a character to get you familiar with them and then takes them to the next level. Yes. Um, Javier Pina and Felipe Andrade did the art for this mini series. Um, I also really like the use of the Black Order. Yes. Who were, I, I don't know what story I missed with them, but they're living on earth now, like in these human disguises. Okay, so like, <laughs> I also missed that. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea why they were around. I was just, yeah. I just accepted it for what it was. <laughs> I was just like, okay, this is weird. But I was like, but I, I'll, I'll take it. Um, Clearly something yeah. was going on with the Avengers or something. I don't know. I don't <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> the, the, so the Black Order is there. Um, and so, okay. So, so because you read Captain Marvel consistently, mm -hmm. let me know if I'm wrong in any of these bits. Because I did like just a very quick wiki on Star and her character and just kind of read like what happened before this mini and the uh, uh, like part one of the book. Yeah. And so basically Ripley, who is star, she was a reporter for some magazine and she was doing an interview for Captain Marvel. Then she got kidnapped, used in a plot of the nuclear man, Carol punches her in the chest and then she somehow gets bonded with the reality stone and that's where we start off in this book. Yes. So I guess I will break it down for you there. And I, <clears throat> I'll spoil it now, but I do hope that you go back and actually read <laughs> at least the, um, the star arc of Captain Marvel to get a little bit more, to fill in the blanks here better than I will. Okay. But uh, <clears throat> I will just kind of spoil it for you there. But I do think you should go back and read it. Um, <laughs> so what happened was, Kind of like what we talked about earlier with Kelly Thompson and kind of getting you familiar with the character and then launching it into something bigger and, and forward. The, the relaunch of Captain Marvel started with her being, you know, Carol and fighting these monsters or whatever. And then she's on an island, um, <clears throat> on New York Island, and the nuclear man like takes over that area, but he is like misogyny <laughs> personified so like that the, was the first arc yes where like had she hulk and echo and hazmat and all the minute exactly all of them okay. so like i remember that the, i read that arc oh okay yes <laughs> Ooh. See, see if you could have kept if you kept going you would have got more I mean, star i mean, just think i just i i mean i'd be trying it i'd be reading some of the stories i'd be knowing a little something <laughs> so yeah so then yeah you read that first arc and you saw the nuclear man kind of uh take over this island and where yeah. men were only allowed and the women were subservient and everything there and i love the story sometimes the feminist moments were a little heavy-handed there but mm -hmm. it was <laughs> it was a little heavy-handed but i did still enjoyed it now before nuclear the nuclear man came ripley mm -hmm. was an, a reporter for ms magazine which is a magazine that Carol used to be like the um, like the head of <clears throat> okay. back in the day, like when she first was kind of introduced, she was a journalist on uh, for Ms. Magazine. Okay. Uh, so this is like kind of like a nod to that, you know, and Ripley was coming to do like a whole 
interview on her and she was going to follow her around for the whole day and just kind of see how she lives her day to day and then do a whole like report on Captain Marvel. Carol, I think originally didn't even really want to do it, but she felt like it would be good press because she's back on Earth now. She was fine with doing it or whatever. Um, so then after that whole thing goes down with Nuclear Man and everything is kind of returned back to normal, Ripley does her story in the magazine, but it is all about how Carol is the worst <laughs> and um, how she didn't do a very good job of handling this nuclear man and how like she's just not that great of a person or a hero and um come to find out not only did ripley obviously believe all these things because she hates carol <laughs> um uh, dr minerva who is basically one of carol's like villains mm -hmm. she was actually the one kind of setting up for carol to have a disgrace with earth um it came out that carol was cree and earth like turned away from her she was saving this like random spaceship that fell and she found out the pilot inside was cree and she goes to help him and photographers are taking pictures of her but that ends up being the front of the newspaper where it says is she for earth or is she for cree she's helping these cree people like where, where do her loyalties actually lie um okay. and uh long story short Minerva helped Ripley um, get powers, basically. Minerva was trying to like engineer some Kree soldiers and kind of make her own thing, but none of them took. She okay. Ripley ended up coming to her and because she wanted powers of her own, probably so that she could take down Carol. And uh, she injected her with this like transmitter okay. and then it turned out that the ship, the Kree ship that that Carol had helped earlier in that in that story was actually like poisoned and she got the other transmitter like and with these nanites in her and okay. it was siphoning the power from Carol to Ripley. So okay. Carol's powers are being drained and she's like, what the hell is going on? I'm like punching these things and I know mm -hmm. I'm much stronger than that or like I'm blasting these photon blasts and nothing's going on. And Star would come in and like save the day and it would just mm. all make Carol look really bad. Carol ended up getting, um, she got her uh, her name taken from her from the Air Force. Like she was uh, forced mm. to resign from the Air Force um, all because she was Cree. It almost made her start drinking again. She like went and bought mm. alcohol and she was going through a bad time of like, what's going on? My powers are being drained and nobody likes yeah. me. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's kind of how Ripley got her powers was she worked with Minerva and they were uh, being siphoned off from her. And Ripley goes, starts to call herself Star. She hates Captain Marvel. They start fighting. Captain Marvel, of course, figures out the whole uh, transmitter thing. So her first thing was she punched, she ripped the transmitter out of her own chest and destroyed it. And okay. uh, Star was like, you know, that's dumb. Why would you even do that? Like, that makes no sense. Uh, and she thought, because Carol thought that if I destroyed the transmitter, she just wouldn't have any more power. But it turned out that uh, Ripley thought ahead. <laughs> and because she knew she knew Captain Marvel was going to try to do some like, you know, heroic martyrs <laughs> shit. Yeah. So she actually ended up 
making more transmitters and infecting the crowd around her because she thought that if I can't get all the power from Captain Marvel, I'll get a little bit of power from everyone. So yeah, she thought ahead. So Captain Marvel, of course, thought, what am I going to do? How do I fix this? So she put the transmitter back in herself, tried to defeat uh, Star, but it wasn't really working. And then she tore the one in Star's chest and ripped it out because she left her no choice star was like you know it's either you it's either you kill me or you started to stop all these people who also have the transmitter in them what are you going to do mm-hmm. and captain marvel felt like she had no other choice but to stop her so then of course when she did rip it out of her chest they took her to the hospital or whatever and like kind of healed her and stuff but she you know through through comic book <laughs> magic yeah. she got she woke up and she had the reality stone in her chest Got it. Okay. And hence where we start at the beginning of the Star mini series. Yeah. Star is very visibly shaken. Um, and she has PTSD and she's like suffering from anxiety about Carol killing her, basically. And we see throughout this book, she's kind of learning that she has the reality stone in her chest. She's learning how to use it. She's getting a bit better creating weapons and like doing things that she needs to do, making her costume, giving herself strength. She realizes the words that she says have an impact on what happens. So it's like, she says strong, but you're not necessarily stronger than her or you're not invincible. So she's kind of figuring all that out, which was, I thought was really well done. Um, (laughs) I (laughs) I think reading this it kind of i feel like she has a lot of similar characteristics to carol which is why they are kind of foils to each other because lord knows if i ever met anyone who acted just like me i would not get along with them Um, (laughs) (laughs) so it's like i completely understand that and i see ripley kind of going through these things i think let me start here, actually. I feel like a lot of people think I just don't like Carol Danvers. Um, and that, like, <laughs> I've never read any story with her and I just, like, do not get her and all this other stuff. That's not the case. I've actually read a lot of stories with Carol. I remember her time with the X-Men when she was binary. You know, I have tried I feel to like I feel like there's a lot of people who end up not really liking Carol for mm-hmm. whatever reason, but I rarely get a reason. <laughs> um, reason why. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so my biggest issue with Carol Carol, and I actually think you and I have talked about this a little bit, is mainly comes from her attitude. I think she is extremely stubborn, bullheaded, and she tends to punch first and ask questions later. Mm -hmm. And I think she's a kind of a character who I've read, or what I've seen in the things that I've read is she never really learns from her mistakes. She just finds new ways to make the same exact ones. And... (laughs) 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 and she it it always gets this like spin on it and she's still somehow seen as i I think a big part is like even when you were just talking about like that whole star thing you were like star thought ahead like carol doesn't really i've never really seen carol think ahead in the situation and i think when you were watching legend of cora you had like texted me one day and you were like i feel like cora and carol are kind of similar and i was like yeah I also don't like Cora. <laughs> um, I can understand why someone might like them and I get it, but it's Me. just, it's just kind of like, 
when do you really start to see that shift in the character and her thinking where it's like you keep on doing this i think uh secret empire is a really good example for me where she had this moment like after trying to beat back the force field that was stopping her and alpha flight from getting to earth you know she has this kind of like breakdown moment she's like you know everyone thinks of me as like this super strong person i make these mistakes and i don't do this and i don't do that and then like boom she like has this moment of clarity and then things come together and she like runs down and she goes into it and then you kind of go back to like the scene right after and she's just doing the same things over <laughs> and it's just like it's like what just happened like an issue ago like you just said this was the problem and now here we are and you're hitting it the exact same way I, and of course civil war ii doesn't help um with her at all that was like and honestly even as someone who's not a carol fan that was bad for her like i don't even think she's that bad yeah i feel like <laughs> i and i'll probably discuss that later but i feel like that was just bad all around <laughs> just, <laughs> that was just bad um and then the other issue that i've always kind of had with characters that i've never really been able to get her character and i think you've said to me I, that this current run is really showing you who carol danvers is and like getting into her mindset and i think i don't also know who captain marvel is because they've always kind of switch back and forth about what she's supposed to be is she like the world's greatest superhero is she like the intergalactic defender commander person is she the soldier or the hero and i feel as though that is two things that can't really coexist like they seem the same but they're two very different type of like character traits um and i don't really feel like those two have ever been meshed well for, for me i feel like she is both i think if i had to if i had to guess on how to describe her i think she is both the soldier and the hero her soldierness comes out in the kind of mistakes that you talk about, where she's just, I'm just going to follow the, the whatever is my first instinct and just go punch stuff. But at the end of the day, she wants to be a hero. She wants to be Captain Marvel, the one who, because she wants to save and protect people. So I think yeah, and I guess, and I that guess is kind of where her duality is. And I guess that's the thing for me. I don't think those two things can coexist. Interesting. Um, I think to be the soldier or the like fighter or the warrior means to know that you are going to have to do like the bad thing. And um, yay Biden. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, see, that's where I feel like that's where you get that in her solo because she punched a hole in that girl's chest because she felt like there was no other way to save all of these people uh, they're in the middle of times square and yeah, but, but see and so i so i guess for me when i say hero i think of i mean that altruistic character like mm -hmm. a kamala khan like i, I i'm uh, not I, I don't see kamala punching a hole in somebody's chest no you know what i'm saying um and so i think that's some of the things that a lot of past writers that i've read have tried to paint her as they like want her to be like this grand hero and it's like it oh, doesn't absolutely work. not <laughs> yeah and it's like it, 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 that, that's that not, doesn't that's work that's not her the, <laughs> that's she's not, she not is. she's not an altruistic hero like that exactly um, and she, so that's where people end up looking at her like that and i think that again is kind of what this what 
she talks about by she I mean Kelly Thompson is talking about in this current one where people see her that way um but she is not that because again like we just said she's much more willing to punch a hole in someone's chest before she is going to be very starry-eyed and altruistic about something the way Ms. Marvel is Um, whereas and I think that in my opinion is where a lot of previous writers have kind of kind of failed with Carol because for a while it was that that they wanted to make her was just the hero and no one really knew what that what, meant exactly other than the yeah. fact that other than the fact that she is super strong she can fly <laughs> and she's got uh, energy blasts <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. outside of her powers and her costume they didn't really know what else to really do with that yeah. they didn't know what what kind of what kind of hero she was yeah agreed and so that has always been my thing with Carol. That's why I've never really been able to gel with her as a character. Um, again, totally get it. I see why people can't like her. Um, I can understand the motivations. It just has never really clicked for me. Um, so did you like the Star series uh, for, so yeah, as tying the, that, the, from the villain perspective, I guess? So tying that back into Star, um, I, Yes. <laughs> um, I like I liked it for the fact that like, even though I feel like Kelly was trying to give you a kind of, I guess, a sympathetic villain approach to Ripley. Yeah. Um, Ripley's just a bad person. She's just a bad person, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, like, right. She's just she's just a bad person. It's like it doesn't even matter. So it's like you know, this is one. There were times, times where I was like, you don't. Ha- I feel like she was trying to like give her some soft moments, but like even in the in the Captain Marvel run, she's not a good yeah, like, person. It's just like, <laughs> it's just like, you know, and it's like, and so um, she can just be know, bad. You know, even her kind of. Uh, <laughs> talking about like she has these moments of anxiety where she passes out and she's like, you know, I'm so terrified of like what Carol did to me. It's just kind of like, I mean, since you deserved it a little bit. I mean, like, hello. <laughs> like, what uh, other choice does she have? <laughs> it's just like, what are you going to do here? And so um, I do, I, that was kind of weird for me. I was like, I, I see Kelly's like trying to do it, but I was like, she's just bad. So it was like, whatever. Um, I think that's one of those things where where for some reason people won't let villains and and it happens a lot with female villains where they won't mm-hmm. let them just be villains like yeah, they like, they have to have some kind of like redeeming quality or some kind of sympathetic thing about them i think a villain can just be bad <laughs> like, like people are bad okay yeah. like, it is okay like sometimes people are just shitty bad. <laughs> or whatever and it's just like they are just bad and so it's like i i i appreciate you trying you can give me the backstory or whatever and like give this character some more meat but you can also really just emphasize that they are just a bad person and like that is okay like they are a villain just because they are a villain and like that works out for me um i think uh, some of this of course you get a little bit of carol's punch first as questions later personality yeah which coming from stars POV is fine <laughs> coming from someone who's already not like super fond of Carol. It's just kind of reminds you like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is why I don't like you. Um, so I, I thought that was like kind of fun. Uh, the addition of Scarlet, which was also, int- which again, you know, it's funny. <laughs> Scarlet, <laughs> you give me a book with Scarlet, Witch, 
Captain Marvel and Jessica Jones in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three people I know you don't go up for. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you know, it's like you get all three of these women together and you're just like, wow. It's just like, oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so but I thought that was I thought that was funny because again, you're seeing it from stars POV. So it's kind of like. Yeah, she doesn't like them. So it's like, she gets what I'm going You kind of so get that, why you don't really like Scarlet Witch either, because Yeah, like, <laughs> like, oh, it's like, um, the pretender, the great pretender. So, um, but no. But I mean, who, if they're going to have someone who can, who has reality warping powers, yeah, no. you know. The, re- the reason why she came in the book was completely fine. It made total sense. I actually really appreciate it. It was a nice way to tie it in. Um, and again, like, Kelly is very... She's just good at writing and she's good at tying things in together and like yeah. making sure it, it has a very seamless flow to it. And I just, it's great. And Star is good. Again, like I see a little bit of similarities in Carol's personality with Ripley. It's just that Ripley's just obviously more on the bad side. But mm-hmm. I think, again, it, it is good for, I know what they were trying to do is they're trying to make Star like Carol's great nemesis. Yeah. I think, which I, I, th- I don't know if they're like really, really pushing for that. I think at one point they were obviously because they gave her a mini, but I yeah. think that she should be. Really? Okay. Um, yeah. I think that would be perfect um, because again, like they're the same person a little bit. So it's like, yeah. if you meet yourself, you're not going to like you. <laughs> they're both, they're both extremely stubborn and believe in them. They both believe in themselves. Yeah, <laughs> like that, like I am the one who's right here. <laughs> they both very much, they very much like believe in themselves and the thing with Carol is, you know, she at base can lift 50 tons. And then when she mm-hmm. gets powered up, it's like over a hundred or whatever. So like you need someone who can actually take contend her and, and yeah. contend with that. And who better than a star? Reality warping, a reality um, warp, yeah. <laughs> which I'm, I, I'm a little interested to see how, I guess whenever she decides to bring it back, it's like how they're going to do this thing with the reality stone is it like the reality stone that we have always known about is it like an alternate reality reality stone so i think at the time when star was was like coming out or like Mm -hmm. being introduced all the other stones were also being put into people that was like that was like during the infinity wars thing right yeah and like but so i I feel like i didn't read that I read some of it. Um, okay, it, it, it was a, it was a little strange after a while. Um, but I feel like in that book they were going to other realities to get other reality stones. Oh, and so it's I, I, I truly feel like that was something that happened, and then I'm not making that up. Um, so it's yeah, yeah, because that's how the uh, Philavel and Moon Dragon came to our universe. Because oh, they like okay. ran into them. Yes, 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 yes. This is all making sense again. Uh, isn't so, yeah, isn't the like time that... stone like in someone now? Is it still? I think it, it was, was in a guy. Like, I, don't I remember, remember Black Widow had a stone. It, there was a lot of stuff going on in that. I minute. skipped all of that. Just... <laughs> <sighs> I might go back and reread it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I think that was something I was thinking about. It's just like I felt like I didn't really get enough information. That's why I wanted to ask you. It was like, did I miss something of how this stone got in her chest? It was just there so uh, the books for captain marvel 8 uh through 11 was like is the is the star arc of of captain marvel and that's where you get all of star and like what's going on with there actually you 
I'm going to tell you, you should read it <laughs> because you'll get, you'll learn way more about Star and her motivations and an even deeper side of why she hates Carol. And you'll see how she, you'll see kind of the thing that you don't like about Carol is how you don't like think that she learns. You'll see her learning in this and you'll see her, uh, realizing that I can't keep doing the same shit <laughs> that I was doing before <laughs> because that's not working. So, um, yeah, I think you, it's Captain Marvel and the current volume of Captain Marvel, uh, eight through 11. I'll think about it. And I'm going to hold I you to will. it. I'm, I'm going to hold you to it. I know <laughs> it's, it's on Marvel Unlimited, so you don't even got to buy it. I already know Ooh. that you can just load I, it up and read it. I will think about it. We will see. If and Kelly the art's Thompson. fantastic. We'll see if Kelly Thompson can do the unthinkable here. And get you to read more, more Captain Marvel? And get me to read more Captain Marvel. Because again, I, I've, I've tried it. I've, I've, I've read a couple of different ones. You know, uh, Kelly, I remember when Sue debuted, Kelly Sue, uh, the Reed guy who was writing the book into the whole her, like her Ms. her Ms. Marvel Ms. Marvel phase. Yeah, I remember all that. That was that was Weird. bad. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. And now that that when when she got her her Ms. Marvel solo mm -hmm. series, um, not her original one when she was just you know in her the iconic black suit with the red sash. Yeah. That in my opinion is when things started to become bland for her meaning yeah. she had this she had this really interesting trajectory from her debut to being binary to mm -hmm. coming back and being with the avengers for a little bit and then when she got her own solo series they were trying to make her like a premier a female character at yeah. Marvel. they wanted to make her like a bigger character but and maybe it was because it was being written by a man. I don't know, but they, it maybe. was it was fully just about like random relationships and mostly like her powers. They'd never yeah. really got really into like her psyche and like what she wanted to do and everything mm -hmm. there. Really, until she became Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. um, so wow. that whole era was. Yes. <laughs> it was something. <laughs> and I think and I and I think that was a time where I was like actually actively trying to get into Carol. Um, mm. I think I have been doing some rereading of X-Men, like, again, when she was hanging around with them in the Star Jams, and I was in, like, the book was out, and I was like, oh, yeah, let me try and get into this, and I read, and I was like, oh, wow, like, yeah. I like this one. <laughs> um, and then, but I remember Moonstone took over the book, and I really liked Moonstone during Dark Reign, which was a great time at Marvel, okay? Like, Dark Reign era was, like, great. Um, and so I, uh, side, side note, speaking of Moonstone, I've always thought that she should be a villain Nemesis for, for, Carol. Sue, for Sue Storm. Oh. Not Carol. That's too easy. <laughs> that's too easy. I feel like, yeah, that's I feel like that's too easy. I would want her to be a nemesis for Sue Storm because her abilities make, she can phase through her shields or, oh. so that would make sue have to actually think outside of the box and what she can do with her powers moonstone also like she just she's just a bad like she doesn't she, <laughs> and that's why i love moonstone because moonstone yeah. is legit like i just i i like playing with people <laughs> exactly she's just bad and i think that would be an interesting foil for 
for Sue more than more than Carol. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, that's interesting. We can talk about that later, but I feel like with with Captain Marvel, like my my introduction to her was um, with the binary era. So like I, mm-hmm. I I think I'm my actual my actual first first remembrance of her may have been uh, from the. 90s X-Men cartoon. I think I saw her there first when mm-hmm. when Rogue uh, took her powers and everything. And I think from there, my dad was like, oh, well, if you like her, that's actually binary. And he gave me the books of her when she was binary. So that was my actual comic book okay. introduction to her. That was um, a great design. I'll, I'll never take that. Oh, fantastic. Like yeah. The binary design was like, fan, like amazing. That, and again, yes. like that's what made me end up going back to say, oh, maybe I should get into this character. <laughs> yeah. So like I, my first introduction to her was while she was binary and she was out there with the Star Jammers and she was with Professor Xavier and the New Mutants and she went to Limbo and all that kind of stuff. Like that was when I knew her. And even back then, she was very much like, I'm just down for the cause and I'm just want to do good for everyone around me. And like, let's not, let's just not be evil here, everybody. Um, <laughs> and, you know, she rolled, for, she rolled with the mutants and the star gemmings and everything. So uh, that was my introduction to her. And then I continued to like her. I liked her when she was with the Avengers after that. Uh, I used to always wonder how she lost her binary powers. And again, the what I love about uh, Kelly Thompson was back in her binary era, there was a um, crossover event called Operation Galactic Storm that was a big Avengers crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, and in it, long story short, Carol, of course, restarted the sun again <laughs> because <laughs> a, like a bomb went off, she the sun was dying, she uh exploded in the sun or whatever and actually restarted it and helped the sun. That is the reason she ended up losing her connection to her binary mode where she was like way, kind of in my opinion, like way overpowered. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to bring her back to earth, but they needed to have a way for her to be able to actually be on earth. And so they took her binary abilities away, but that's where she she was still able to do the whole energy blast. She was still super strong and vulnerable or whatever. Uh, to the point where I think early in the Avengers, they had her doing like a training with, with Hank Pym monitoring what all she could do so they could actually mm-hmm. have a defined, this is what she can do while she's on earth so that everyone knows that she's just not like super cosmic being or whatever. Uh, so during the her whole Avengers one was great. That's when we start to learn more about her and her, alco- her problem with alcohol mm-hmm. um, and that she uh, is, has used to suffer from alcoholism. She goes to AA. Um, Tony Stark was her her mentor there. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know they <laughs> they they got to work through their issues. And um, yeah, and then after that, then she got her solo series, and things kind of not didn't go that well there for her. Didn't she like um, she got like she had sex with her son. Okay, so she didn't have. <laughs> so this was this was actually something that happened in her earlier in her career. So uh, she went, after she was created, she did the whole uh, "I was caught in an explosion" thing, and she got her, mm-hmm. her quote unquote superpowers and became Ms. Marvel. She used to faint 
and would become Ms. Marvel. I think it was just a trope back in like the 70s, oh, you know, where, you know, women had to faint. Yeah, the women, the women had to faint. And uh, because she couldn't be in control of her own power or whatever, obviously sexism. So, and but that ended up, that ended up happening like the first maybe six or seven issues. And then mm-hmm. I didn't know this until recently going back and reading it, Claremont came in and took over um, for mm-hmm. uh, Carol's book. So he kind of really changed a lot of that. He took I was about the- to say, I, <laughs> <laughs> it's already making a little bit more sense now. Yeah, he, he changed all of that. He he took away the whole fainting thing. He made her way more capable with her de- abilities. He defined exactly how much she could lift and what all mm-hmm. she could do and all that kind of stuff. Um, and by the end of it, he even had her and Captain Marvel, though the male Captain Marvel, meet each other and mm-hmm. end on being just friends. They weren't lovers. He didn't want her to just be like the female Captain Marvel behind him. And like she, he wanted her to be her own character. So Claremont yeah. kind of came in and kind of saved her there. Then the book was canceled. Um, she joins the Avengers, and that's when things kind of didn't go so well for her <laughs> with, yeah. with with the comment the 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 story that you're talking about so after she's with the avengers for a little while there's a story of her um where she uh is basically kidnapped by this guy named marcus and um marcus like impregnates her and she comes back to the Avengers and within like a few days, she's like three months pregnant. And then all of a sudden she like gives birth to a kid and the Avengers, Marcus shows up and like basically like hypnotizes her and just like takes her away. And the Avengers basically like cheer. No one stops anything. <laughs> no one stops it or anything. And the story is called like the rape of of. Carol Danvers because she was literally just taken. She wasn't in love with this Marcus person. He was, he literally just took her and impregnated her. And in the story, he says that he used his, he was, she said, how did this even happen to me? And he says, I used my own way of force to make this happen. And like, I, yeah, it was a terrible story. Um, Oh my gosh. Really, really bad. So of course, Claremont comes in and saves her again. <laughs> so after after that whole debacle happens and um, Claremont comes in and that's where you get the whole Rogue thing, actually. So okay. he comes back, Rogue takes her powers mm-hmm. and um, completely basically like did a rewrite, a wipeout for Carol. So Rogue takes her powers Um Claremont takes Carol over with the X-Men and mm-hmm. he has her running missions with them as just a regular human while she kind of gets her mind together. And there's an issue of the Avengers. I think it's Avengers 200. And the Avengers come to the X-Mansion to speak with Carol. Okay. And Carol, Carol, Storm, and Spider-Woman were like out there just hanging out by the pool mm-hmm. and carol's like you know i'll handle this and right. that was the first time i think i'd ever had a moment where the writer was blatantly speaking through the character because carol goes, <laughs> gives a whole she gives a whole speech about how you guys didn't no one came to help me i was taken away and no one was here for me but like the x-men and 
Maybe I'll come back around to the Avengers, but you guys need to really look inward on like what you guys actually stand for. Mind you, at the time, um, she's saying this to Beast too, because he's an Avenger. Because yeah. <laughs> Beast was the also hypocrite. <laughs> the hypocr- the exactly. hypocrites. So uh, she ends up, they ask her if she wants to come back. She says, hell no, I'm, <laughs> I'm staying with the X-Men. I'm going to stay over here and I'm going to get my life together by myself. Um, she, um, that's where you get the brood saga actually. So she ends up helping the X-Men with the brood saga. She goes binary and then we get uh, kind of the story that I was mentioning earlier. So uh, she's had a very, very interesting journey in the beginning. It kind of just got derailed in the nineties and like um, probably in the South, pretty much until Kelly Sue came in and made her Captain Captain Marvel. Yeah, where it was just kind of sitting on her as just being, I have super strength and I can punch stuff and I've got these powers, look how cool I look, rather than actually being a character that had her own motivations and stuff like that. My connection with Carol was I've always liked how hopeful she was. Mm -hmm. She um, is very much a... I've got to keep, I got to keep going. Like I've just, I have to keep pushing. I, I know, and I know I can do this. There's nothing that's mm-hmm. really going to take me, that's going to push me down and make me stop from this. So I've always really appreciated that. She's a very hopeful character. Um, I like when she's all like that. I also do like her power. She beats ass. <laughs> you know, that's, that's always really cool. But outside of that, I've always just enjoyed her as, a character. Her arrogance and everything there comes from being powerful, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. When you when you have powers like that, I think she has you never really you're gonna talk your shit. Yeah, you who, yeah. who you really afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I get it. <laughs> <laughs> who you really afraid of. So I felt like she kind of runs into situations because she has always been powerful, but that's where the story comes in where she learns that I can't always do that. Mm. And that's what Kelly Sue is doing right now. That's what that's. What I mean, Kelly not Thompson Kelly Sue. Uh, Kelly T- Kelly Thompson is doing right. Yeah, now. for sure. Kelly Kelly Sue did that a lot too. She really expanded on on Carol, mm-hmm. and I feel like Kelly Thompson, in my opinion, is really really giving you both Captain Marvel and Carol. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I like I like her. I feel like there is, I feel like she gets a lot of hate. But I've never really seen a lot of people really give a reason on why they dislike her other yeah, than- I mean, she, I, she's definitely like been put her. into a lot of situations where she kind of comes off unlikable. Um, again, but I, I, I think that is her personality. I think mm-hmm. she's one of those like people who like, everyone is not going to like. No, 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 and, no. Um, <laughs> and I think sometimes, and, and sometimes though, I think that they set her up, though, in a lot of those situations. (laughs) So, no, that also happened, too. Like, again, like we said, Civil War II was, like, bad for her. You think about that moment during the first, was it the first Civil War? I want to say, yeah, where she um, goes to the X-Men after, like, the school bus just got blown up. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, we want you guys to, like, register with us. And, like, Emma kind of drags her. She's like, we are here bearing our children and you were here asking us to like join your war. Like we have our own problems right now. And it's like, you didn't even like ask about how we're doing at first. It's just like, yeah, what you here for? 
scene. And again, I feel like that was during her, that Ms. Marvel solo series. And I feel like that was, again, her being put <laughs> in a situation that didn't make any sense. <laughs> her being set up again. Yeah, especially because Marvel, you think about when she even went to Arachne, uh, when she like was taking her to prison and like she was taking, separating her and the daughter. Like she's been put in a right. lot of situations where like she is a like, like you are wrong. Like you are kind of bad. <laughs> You're bad, right. And I feel like those end up being... Those were all during that Ms. Marvel series where they yeah. where people weren't really knowing who Carol was. Carol's mm. a, Carol, in my opinion, is one of those characters that's really, really interesting when the writer doesn't forget all of the history that she's had. When you throw mm. away the history and you just want to write Ms. Marvel or Captain Marvel with her and her abilities, yeah, she's going to come across bad because she's just punching shit. <laughs> but yeah. if you actually recall a lot of the things that she's done, then you wouldn't have her going to the X-Men and doing all that, and and or in Civil War Two, trying like you were you were profiling people in Civil War Two. You were exactly, and and kind of what I mean by the setup is, they were trying to have her become this premier female character or whatever, mm-hmm. where then you end up if if you don't know who Carol is and all you know is that she's supposed to be that premier character, then you just end up putting her in those situations where the premier character female characters should be, not mm-hmm. where Carol should be. So in Civil War II, you can't have Iron Man go into it with Captain America again. You did that. Mm-hmm. So who else are you going to have her fight? I mean, him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, who else are you going to have? Who else are you going to have Iron Man like go up against? It's probably going to have to end up being Carol. So I feel like whoever would have been in that position was going to be bad was going to be because yeah, because the position that carol had was like completely awful it was bad like, yeah it, there's it, no one in that there position was no but <laughs> and i, I feel like <laughs> but also I, I that's one of the things i have against hero versus hero stories in general i was it has to become this like super contrived thing where it's like they try and say oh we want you to see everybody's point of view but it's like no one of those povs is blatantly wrong exactly POV during civil war ii was like blatantly wrong you were literally it, profiling people and like you can't there's no good about nothing. that <laughs> like that's not cool um and, and i think again, that's why again, i enjoyed the first civil war because at least you could see both sides of it right like you could yeah. understand both sides of registering and not registering and again that was one of the things i was saying where i feel like some writers with carol they they try and say oh she's like the soldier who's doing the right decision but then she's also like the superhero like and that i think that was an example of them trying to do that and it just doesn't make sense mm-hmm. she cannot be for these people when she's doing these type of things that she's doing it's like which one do you want her to be because if she's the soldier making these decisions okay cool like that's what that's how um monica rainbow looked at it you know right. she was uh, she was on carol's side in civil war ii but she's also a cop so it's like you know right. Of course she thinks like this, like she's cool with that. You know, with Carol, it's like, you want her to be this super hero who protects everyone and does all these things. And you tell us this, but it's like, she's a cop. (laughs) (laughs) See, I think Um, that that for me is where I find the interesting story. And I feel like no one's really, really tapped into that until Kelly Thompson right now. And I feel like with the, with that X-Men thing, when, um, when Carol went over to the X-Men and, after the school bus blew up or whatever. That issue came out the exact same day that Iron Man also went to the school and asked them to join in the Civil War story. 
So how much mm-hmm. sense does that doesn't make any sense? <laughs> <laughs> so you just had a, you just had Iron Man come to Emma Frost and she gave him this whole read about how like you where were the X-Men when our kids were born, right? And rightfully so. Iron Man, in my opinion, during Civil War, of course, would go to yeah. the X-Men there. Why would you have Carol do the exact same thing just for you to tell the exact same speech again, unless you just wanted, unless you just wanted to have that speech happen? And who else are you going to give that speech against other than Carol? (laughs) So I feel like I feel like she ends up being put in the position as like the punching bag for a lot of this stuff for people who don't get her. So it's yeah, like, no, yes. no. <laughs> let's put Carol here <laughs> because yeah, you can yell at her because for whatever kind of reason, let's let's watch Emma read Carol, yay, even though that doesn't it wasn't unwarranted. <laughs> it didn't make any moment. sense. We just we that just is. had it in the same book <laughs> on the same day <laughs> from Iron Man. So how does that even take place? <laughs> mm. And in her own series, she was in space when that happened. (laughs) She was in in space. She comes back and uh, I think it was Captain America who was like, hey, let's talk about this registration thing. And then all of a sudden in the next book, she's going over to the X-Men and doing all that. I don't know. That doesn't make um, sense to me. She, um, she, she, she's definitely a character of, she's had some bad writing. I mean, I'm just, my, oh, yeah. girl, my girl. Oh, yeah. My girl has had some terrible writing. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like in the day we have the Betsy episode, like I'm going to let it all be known. <laughs> okay, <laughs> my girl has had some terrible writing, so I understand. I just yes. feel as though, um, Listen, like I, I said, I've always jokingly wanted um, Carol to be like, in the words of Nicki Minaj. Is this the thanks that I get for putting you bitches on? <laughs> Is it my fault that all of you bitches gone? <laughs> because because you know she's she's made a billion dollars with her movie. She's become like the top girl. She's opening doors, y'all. She's trying to get everybody she, uh, up there. I mean, it should have been She-Hulk, but <laughs> well, that's like I think that was Wright's things, honestly. <sighs> well, so that's also going to be episode. That's I'm, sure so it's like, I'm sure we'll talk about her. So it's like it's, uh, I said, I. I get what it. Your, I get what are your what are your overall opinions of Carol? Um, why res- don't you like? Why don't you like her? I respect what she can do and the purpose she serves. I think, like I said, it's just I think a lot of what Carol stands for. I guess not even what she stands for. It's just like I said, I feel like all the stories I've read, she just, she just, she's a punch first and ask questions later character. Mm-hmm. And um, I just don't really gel too well with characters like that because I feel like, and again, you say it's kind of changed around in this current Kelly Thompson run. So, yeah. you know, hey, but I feel like all in all the past stories I've read with her, she continues to just do that time after time after time after time again. And at some point it's kind of like, all right, when is somebody going to make this character realize what she's doing isn't smart? Or when are they going to take her to that next level? It's now. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's a whole just... there's a whole arc of her out in space. It was during the Empire run, which we already talked about Empire, but <laughs> her tie her tie-ins were good. And you learn while she's an accuser and she gets this hammer, you would expect mm-hmm. her to just be swinging that shit everywhere. But she yeah. actually like 
thinks about it all and is and is methodical about this mystery that she has to solve by herself mm -hmm. and she can't punch her way out of. Yeah. Um, this is the first time that you kind of see her actually say to herself, damn, I wish I could punch my way out of this, but I can't. <laughs> so yeah. I got to figure out what I what else I can do. Yeah, and, and, then, and then, no, I can see that. And then I also agree with your point that like she would get put into a lot of situations where she didn't really need to be just because of her name. She is like, yes, I, she is Captain Marvel. So she's got to be in certain things. And so you end up getting these other books with her outside of her like main books where they're just kind of vapid cash grabs that don't really delve in any personality. You're again, you're just telling me that like, this is the greatest superhero. This is the greatest soldier. Everybody should love her. You know, they want her to be the first superhero president. And it's like, why? Uh, I don't even want that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, why? Like, what has she done Absolutely that is actually not. so good outside of like just kind of running into the same issue in a different way? Um, Honestly, but, I will say I've I've read all of her runs since she's been Captain Marvel. Uh -huh. um, and Kelly Sue's run was uh, fantastic. Probably one of the better ones. Mm -hmm. And this Kelly Thompson one is great. Pretty much the entire time when her hair was short, <laughs> was like they were literally just banking on her name and they would put her anywhere yeah. and they would just be here's and Captain I remember Marvel. the short hair era because that was another time that I was like with because that was when the change happened it was like oh, okay you know we're reintroduced Carol and I was like all right let me give this another shot and nope. that like short hair era was just like, Whoa. Just like even while she was on alpha flight it was like yeah it was it felt like they're just saying oh let's do captain marvel and alpha flight okay well what does that mean well it's captain marvel and alpha flight <laughs> okay well, what does that mean <laughs> and i feel like that was kind of the thing with her for a while was after kelly sue left the book no mm -hmm. one they just they just knew her as captain marvel so they felt like all right we got to push this as captain yeah. marvel but nobody really knew what that meant and i think yeah. you end up just getting a bunch of stories of people you don't really like yeah exactly um well that being said i will give you this i okay. will go back and read the star arc okay captain marvel okay i All think right. you i think you'll i think you'll like it it's captain marvel issues 8 through 11. i'm gonna write that down yep there was there was a there was you've already read that first arc and then there was a few um war of the realms tie-ins afterwards but they weren't they were just random you don't gotta worry about them <laughs> um but captain marvel 8 through 11 is the whole star arc and i think i think you'll like it okay <laughs> <laughs> all right y'all if y'all what do y'all think of captain marvel tweet at us tweet at Another relaunch tweet at me personally, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to talk about it. <laughs> um, but let's take a break and then we'll come back for the relaunch. All right. And we are back for Another relaunch. And we didn't actually do another relaunch last week. So it's like, we're relaunching the relaunch. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, thanks again, everyone, for uh, joining us last week for the rewatch. Um, that yeah. was a lot of fun. Into the Spider-Verse is awesome. Um, but this week, we're going back to a relaunch. Now, um, 
Do you want to go first? Yeah, go first? I'll go first. You go first. You go, you go I'll first. Go first. Um, I'll go first only because the character I'm relaunching actually appeared this week. Oh, okay. It, it is Miss Yelena Balova. Alrighty, all right, yeah. <laughs> the blonde widow. Okay, oh, I like that. So, um, so for those of you who do not know, Yelena took on the name of the Black Widow during like the early 2000s. Um, she was, her first appearance was like some very minor thing in an Inhumans book, Inhumans number five, I want to actually say. Um, and it was just kind of alluding to that there's another widow. There's someone else like in the shadows or whatever. And so then she ended up appearing a little bit after that in a couple of Black Widow miniseries during the Marvel Knights imprint time. Um, a lot of them were really good. I actually highly recommend. Um, Devin Grayson wrote one. Richard, no, Devin Grayson actually wrote two of them. They're both called Black Widow. Um, Richard K. Morgan wrote one called Black Widow, The Things They Say About Her. Um, and then Yelena actually had her own miniseries by Greg Rucka titled Black Widow, Pale Little Spider. Mm -hmm. um, there was honestly no big distinction from the two characters. They had the exact same skill sets, the exact same training from the Red Room, the exact same like gadgets. It was just that Natasha was, was a redhead and Yelena's blonde. <laughs> that is all there was to it. And so she was just kind of running around calling herself Black Widow. Um, but during like the Pale Little Spider thing, you kind of get more insight into her. And basically you find out, of course, she was also trained in the Red Room. For those of us who don't know, um, the Red Room was where Black Widow gained all of her spy training. It's basically a quote unquote boarding school for girls, uh, they would learn things like ballet, martial arts, murder. And there's there's actually a male the version. Of, yeah, the good <laughs> things. There's actually a male version of it as well. Um, it's called the Wolf Gang Spider. Oh, I didn't know, I didn't know that. Um, it's actually how Bucky like became the Winter Soldier. They oh, are dope. responsible for like reviving him and like brainwashing him and doing all of that stuff and sending him back out into the world. Um, so they both trained there. And so it was basically just that Yelena was like really good in the class and they offered her the opportunity to become Black Widow. And she was just like, yeah, why not? She's kind of like this immoral character. She doesn't really care too much about a lot of things. She's just there to have a good time. It's like, you know, I love that. Um, and she went through like a very weird time. She became a super adaptoid in like an Avengers run. It, it was like a weird thing, but the Avengers rescued her and then we don't really hear about it anymore. So it's like... I like to keep it that way. I'll just ignore that, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, during her time, she like stopped being Black Widow for a little bit and she became like a supermodel and uh, she started her own like beauty business and she became like a multimillionaire and she was like living out in the Bahamas and the islands and like she actually ran into Widow again when once again, Widow was on the run from people slandering her name out in the streets and she's helped her out and so whereas beforehand she was kind of coming in as like the anti-widow to be her like antagonist now her appearances have geared more towards being like a chaotic neutral force for natasha like she's someone there to help her she pops up even again this week in black widow she like pops up at the most random times and she's like no i've been here the whole time <laughs> i've just been watching but it's like she doesn't want to hurt natasha or like go against her anymore she's like i just want to help her um okay and even during secret empire when widow had got killed 
there was that little mini series with Hawkeye and Winter Soldier. Uh, Yelena was actually running around as Black Widow in that as well. Once again, to like kind of honor Natasha. Mm. So that was really well done. It was great. Got to read that if you're into that. Um, and so basically my thing with Yelena, my relaunch with her is honestly, she's just the Black Widow. Again, like I was saying, I feel like Nat's kind of run into the issue where she keeps getting those same stories over and over again. It's like people are against her. She's on the run. Um, I'd love to put Yelena back into that spy setting, but not really focus on her. It'd be more of a sociopolitical action thriller type of thing, like having her go out trying to get future despots and dictators, um, clandestine organizations, you know, trying to people trying to rule the world, send her against the Hydras and the things like that, um, have her going against right, rising terror groups and stuff, because we haven't really seen her in that situation. And so we know that she's a very different character from Nat already. So it's like, how is she handling these situations? And so it feels different, it feels new. Um, and of course, you gotta give her a little team, kind of make her like little James Bond almost thing, you know? Okay, but you th- okay. But you, th- but you throw some sci-fi elements in there because again, this is superheroes. Um, and she's, uh, one of the big things about Yelena is like, she's very tech savvy. She uses a lot, of, again, because she's rich. So she has a lot more like gadgety and things that she has at her disposal as opposed to Natasha. And so, you know, you kind of put her in this global espionage setting and you give her those gadgets to use, but not making her like super techie, like an Iron Man or something. Um, I would give her two allies. Oh, okay. One of those, yes, they would be like her little team. Cause I feel like any solo book that you have, you have to have a good supporting cast with it. It's, it's gotcha. just like, you gotta have somebody for your characters to play off of. Um, these are both kind of like just random D-list characters who I just think are fun. Um, one is Susie, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Susie Endo. Cybermancer, do you know who that is? Who? <laughs> who the hell is that? <laughs> no, I just don't even know with you sometimes. I don't know what to do. I don't know. I just, I can't. Who is um, that? <laughs> Susie Endo, she's Cybermancer. She's actually, um, so my biggest introduction to her was during the 2008 Greg Pak series uh, when he wrote War Machine. Sorry, 2008 War Machine series written by Greg Pak. Uh, okay. Susie is like a tech genius and she has like some cybernetic implants that she was using to help War Machine. And with Yelena, again, since she's gonna be using some gadgets, she kind of needs that tech girl to help her do all of those things. Okay. Um, so this is weird though. So the last time I think I read something with Susie, she was in a Silver Surfer book and she had became the Herald of the High Evolutionary. So she had the power cosmic. Okay. Um, I don't want any of that. <laughs> um, I, I honestly can't tell you if she's appeared since then. I think that was like the last thing I remember seeing about her. And I was like, oh, that seems kind of weird that you like did that to this character. Um, and the other one, the the second one is just the shameless plug. It would be Bedlam. Of course. <laughs> you know, of course. Damn. They would just be a fun pairing, I feel like. And you know, Why he's, not? <laughs> he's got he's got abilities that really affect machinery and electronics. He can help her out there in that world, disable some cameras, do some stuff, good backup. Some to do. Team. That's the team right there, baby. Um, I'm in. But you know, I and I thought it was so funny that I had actually already chosen Yelena to be my relaunch, and then I read Black Widow, and there she was. <laughs> she and was. I was like, "This is great," which is really exciting for me because that makes me think that 
Kelly has a lot more in store for her. Yeah, because I don't think this is the last we don't see of her. Yeah, like this, I don't think this is just like she's in this arc. She's here for a reason. We might get some meat to the story. Um, and of course, you know, they had to bring her back. Florence Pugh is playing her in the Black Widow movie. Right. Sh should it ever decide to be released. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and honestly, at this point, I don't think I really care for the movie. I don't think I care. Okay, okay, low key, my like <laughs> is really starting to dwindle. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, whatever at this point. <laughs> I truly just want to see the scenes of Florence as Yelena in the movie. I mean, pretty much. I just want to see her beating ass. <laughs> and, 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 and then, like, nothing else. I do not. Again, Natasha's dead in the main universe. What does it matter? <laughs> I just want to see somebody kicking ass and then back. That's it. <laughs> you know? um, but I think Yelena Belova is just. She's a super fun character. The time again, if you can go back and read any of those stories with her, those three miniseries, the two Black Widows, um, the things they say about her, and Pale Little Spider, that's four. Um, please do. You get a really good sense of her character, who she is. Um, you see that she's not really Nat comes off a little serious sometimes in a lot of her books. And Yelena is very much fun. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and she likes to do a lot more things and she's a little bit more adventurous than that is where she's more reserved Yelena's also good like she has no problems telling people about themselves I think there's like um in the things they say about her when Natasha runs into Yelena she's helping her Yelena's like you are like oh and washed up and like you should not be doing this right now <laughs> she's like these people are against you you're the things you're doing are stupid like what's the problem like and so I, I love a nice straightforward character like that so okay, Yelena. I keep her Black Widow too. I'd keep her name Black Widow because it's like. I mean, yeah, that's fine. What is what else she gonna do? I don't. I, yeah, I know they tried to do like a Red Widow thing at one point in time. I wasn't. Uh, good that. Uh, I can yeah, keep her Black Widow. It's fine. All right, I like that. Who's your relaunch of the week? Okay, so mine is more of a team um, <clears throat> than a character. So. Mm -hmm. I have I had already been kind of like dropping hints at this when I did um, my Exodus relaunch, yes. but I would relaunch an Acolytes team, and it would be like an all new Acolytes book. Okay, and uh, the team would be <clears throat> Exodus would be the like council the X Men mm -hmm. council chair, so he's kind of like on the team. Exodus, Polaris. Duh. Because <laughs> we got to get her out of X-Factor. <laughs> um, Hellion. Duh. Yeah. Um, Nightcrawler. Okay. Colossus. Oh. Oya. I remember. I, I think. Um, Mercury. I'm like. And the final character is Amelia Vaught. The, oh wow! Uh, oh wow! Yeah, you got you got, you got a couple of deep cuts in there. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> I appreciate this. Um, yes. Okay. So, so that would be my that would be my team. I would have um, I would probably have Polaris leading the missions that they go on and stuff like that. The okay. premise for the book would be that you know how Sabretooth is currently in like purgatory <laughs> right now, yeah. like, right? He's in that hole in Krakoa because he was not following the rules, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. There, 
in this book, there would be more mutants that were doing that outside of Krakoa and the acolytes would be responsible for going out and retrieving them and bringing them back for Krakoan justice. So whereas mm. the X-Men are protectors of mutants mm -hmm. and you know bringing everyone in, the acolytes are defenders of Krakoa and their justice system. So they would bring in the, you know, unruly mutants or whatever. The bad guys. Um, the, the ultimate thing though that I would do is I would have like a few quote unquote villains of the week where they <laughs> kind of bring them in, like other saber yeah, or something that, like that. that. But then I would have it where, you know how like, people get end up either being sent to the hole or like maybe they end up being killed on the mission and <laughs> being resurrected. Kind of what we saw in um, Immortal She-Hulk. Remember when uh, yeah. Wolverine kind of like killed that mutant and was like, it's fine. He's going to be resurrected. He's going to be res resurrected. I would have something like that happen, but they try to resurrect someone and they can't because they thought he was a mutant, but he wasn't. And it turned mm -hmm. out that it was like a high evolutionary thing. And that would be the the big main villain because Exodus like hates the high evolutionary. Because I do remember you saying that. Him being um, like an he like creates like abominations against mutant kind and stuff. So, yeah. So your villains of the week type of things would those be mutants that we already know about or would they just be like something new because uh, I, 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 I just be people we knew and like i'd probably mix it up you know have some uh, that we knew some that we didn't and a, would we also be, maybe would we also kind of be getting into why those mutants didn't come to krakoa like when exactly the, okay so like that you when you get there and you see uh they them causing destruction or whatever uh -huh. they're doing it would be you kind of find out why they decided not to. And then you kind of get into the psyche of, does everyone have to go to Krakoa? You know? Mm -hmm. and Which is something was... I know a lot of people have been asking for. <laughs> so I would kind of drive home that like, not everybody wants to come to Krakoa, which is fine, but that mm -hmm. doesn't mean you you can't be out here doing all of that, so. Because you're still kind of like. Representing mutant kind, yeah. Um, that's an interesting little thing to think about. I like yeah. that. Um, I, I, I like that team, team a lot, especially with because you know I'm all about Exodus Nightcrawler interaction. I yes, yes, so bad. I think, I think like if you were to kind of push Xavier and Magneto out, the two characters who you would kind of put as like heads would be Exodus and Nightcrawler. Exactly. Um, I think they are both the just epitome of their ideals, of their idealism, mm -hmm. of whatever it might be. And it's like, it, it's very opposing and I would love, and I think, isn't, is Exodus a little religious? Does he have some? Not necessarily, no. No, I think that it's just, um, they tried to give him some kind of like. I, that's his iconography. Religion. Yeah, like it, yeah, uh, it looks that way, but he uh, is, he himself is not like. Um, it would be interesting to see how Nightcrawler reacts to that like type of thing though. It's like. Exactly. And, like, and, I can't. Like Nightcrawler reacting to like what they would do with these mutants would be interesting. Yeah, I, I really like that. You know, I'm all about some new X-Men. So Hellion, Mercury, Oya, love that. On my team, I would have Hellion kind of wanting to be like Exodus. Oh, okay. I've always thought that in the future, Hellion should go by Exodus. Like that should be his new code name after he like grows up. Oh, you know what code name I liked for him? Um, was it the one during Age of X where he was Scion? Yeah, Scion. Yeah, I like that one. I, yeah. I like that one. That was 
Um, he does he still have hands or not have hands? No, not hands? no. I think he still got the robot hands. I want him to heal him. No, I like the robot I, hands. I know. I feel like I'm the only person who likes Alien, <laughs> but doesn't like the robot hands. I feel like I like the growth that he got from them and all that stuff. But like, I'm over it now. Just give him his hands back. <laughs> I actually think they should go full Age of Excellence and give him the whole robot arm thing. Oh, no, absolutely what a, not. What a visual. <laughs> like, what a visual. Absolutely not. And the things he could do. Wow, that's great. Um, yeah. No, I, and I thought I, like I thought him. Colossus on this team would be interesting, kind of shake things up. And he was I once an like, light and before so right it's a nice callback and you know he currently feels like he doesn't need to like do anything right now but i feel like this would could be something that he always <laughs> right <laughs> oh colossus um and i also like the addition of vault i think that's nice yeah. so would you bring in um like magneto and xavier to interact with this team oh yeah for sure um okay. the roster that i have is pretty much like the team that you focus on or whatever but like mm -hmm. In a similar manner in like um kind of like an X Factor, you know, uh the the five are kind of there, but they're not the team that you're focused on or whatever. Okay. Other people can kind of come in and out of this book too. Okay. I like that. I'm into that acolyte book. I would definitely read it. Do you have an ideal like writer or artist for it? Ooh, that's a good question. Um I'm not sure about writer. Artist, I would love R.B. Silva. Okay. I think that would be dope. That's a good thing. That's always a good look right there. Yeah. Um, this, this isn't necessarily for that team. Do you have like a specific writer who you kind of want to jumpstart Exodus story? Uh, Hickman. <laughs> I, I was literally about to say outside of Hickman. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty much always been Hick, Hickman. Um, shit. Outside of him, I don't even know. Um, hmm. I don't know. I have to think about who I would want to have that because I've I've been loving all the big the big like random spurts of him that I've been getting so far from yeah. all the different writers and his right. appearances and everything. Um. He's been there. He's been around. Yeah, he's been he's been popping up a lot lately, son. I've been enjoying that. So I'm not sure which writer I would want to, to write this yet, but I know I would mm -hmm. want like an R.B. Silva on art or something like that. I appreciate that. And like Valerio Skeezy, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Yeah. I want I would want him to do the designs because yes, yeah. <laughs> those sword designs are nice. Absolutely, yes. Um, yeah, I'm glad we're getting back to like designs and characters, right? Yeah, and, like doing something different. It's like this is what we've been missing, man. Yeah, but yeah, I, that's my team of my acolytes: Exodus, Polaris, Hellion, Nightcrawler, Colossus, Oya, Amelia Vought. And Mercury. I'm into it. Especially the Mercury bit. I really like Mercury. She's actually one of like my favorite young X-Men girls. Mercury does like be a lot of fun on and this. Pixie. So like my top four. Um I think she would and I think she has a lot of I kind of see her playing the moral compass a little bit to Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Just just her and Oya. Yeah. I don't really see for Oya so much. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Mercury, uh, just like when I think about Mercury's appearances since her, she's always very much been like, I want to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, I, I'll never even forget when uh, Betsy had her little Psylocke miniseries. Her and Dazzler were like running around and Betsy was talking about how they were going to like kill one of the villains that was like 
messing up Utopia. And Murphy was like, no, we're X-Men, we don't kill. And Betsy's like, mm, you ain't mm. been around that long. Um, <laughs> 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 give it a few more years. But like at the end of it, like Betsy even goes back and talks to Mercury and she's like, that like goodness that you have in you, like make sure you keep that. Um, yeah. So that's really dope. I can see her being that for them. So yeah, that's my like rewatch, Acolytes. I love it. All right. Well, those are the relaunches for the week, guys. Thank you so much uh, for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Another Relaunch. You can email us at anotherrelaunch at gmail.com. Um, you can find me at UncannyLZ um, on most social media platforms. Oh, also, we are on Apple Podcasts now. So please... Um, rate over and subscribe there. over there you know listen leave a review give us comments all of that please do uh we love all that stuff so uh keenan where can they find you you can find me on twitter at keenan lance with an underscore at the end and you can find me on instagram at million dollar madman i am potentially thinking about making those the same thing <laughs> a, little <bit> <laughs> a little bit easier i'm just trying to figure out both of those names are very important for different reasons We'll see where. Um, thanks. Oh, and next week we are going to do our first reread, and uh, we put some feelers Ooh, out for oh, yeah. some options there, and we are going to do World War Hulk. <laughs> this will be a lot of fun. I haven't I haven't read World War Hulk in I can't even say, World ah. War Hulk in like years. So this will be a lot of fun to reread this and see how I feel about it now. <laughs> World War Hulk, you guys. Yeah. You have a week to read. So you can join in with us as we discuss. And talk about it. Revisit. And <laughs> continue celebrating today because we have elected a new president. <laughs> yes. And uh, got rid of a fascist. <laughs> okay. All right, y'all. <laughs> Thanks so much. We'll catch y'all next week. Peace out. Bye.